Chris from Catholic Action. Hello, I'm James from Maskins, and welcome to the Tenement TV podcast. Hello. How you doing, man? I'm okay, man. Um, I'm, I'm Chris. Good to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you too. I mean, we're sharing the same piece of wax together, so it's nice to meet each other. Yeah, I'm quite looking forward to that coming out. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, it was quite exciting coming out yesterday because, you know, I'm sure you've got, we've both got things going on, but I was just saying it's kind of nice to do a collaborative thing like this because it, it's something I don't think bands do enough, really. No, not at all. I think it's quite interesting. I think it's like you start to like, you never really think of the potential of collaborating. You always think of like super groups and everyone gets kind of put off. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think bands are very kind of we're a band, you're a band, and as much as you get on in person, you kind of in your own band's little bubble, aren't you? Really, and you're very focused on what you're up to. Yeah, no, absolutely, man, absolutely. Which track on the EP is yours, and like you know, what's the story behind the track? Called "Oh Come On." Oh yeah, I have heard the EP, so I just yes. didn't know whose was whose on it. I'm <laughs> kind of listening blind. I only knew the one that we'd done. It's just the one that just came out. Yeah, yeah, it came out yesterday. Ah, nice, nice. I really like the drums on it. Like, I have no, like, I, I really, like, I've been kind of clueless as to how it's all been. I mean, I just got basically Talk Boy, or I know Talk Boy's manager, and they kind of yeah, got yeah. on top. He's like, do you want to do this thing? And I was like, yeah, okay, I'll do this thing. <laughs> um, very, very vague on the details, and then he just sent me some really well put together stems and was like, do what you want with it. Yeah, I got cut similar message and it was so exciting because I picked the one that was the least, well, that was the furthest away from the kind of one I would usually pick. So, because, you know, I kind of wanted to think, if I'm going to do something like this, let's really try and step out my comfort zone kind of thing. Nice. It ended up being an absolute laugh and just came together so quickly. And like you said, the music we actually got sent over for it by Talk Boy was was great to listen to. That's pretty cool. It's like... um it was so well put together I felt really bad like mutant parts <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's like too many good bits here but if I'm going to somehow stick a vocal down and some guitar parts then I'm going to have to mute something I felt really bad about it but yeah I feel like you're treading on the song yeah but then again I was like okay they were like do what you want do literally what you want I was like alright okay fine <laughs> do what I want but uh, no it's been, a, it's been really cool it was actually quite nice because it was just sort of get to that point in lockdown where you're just like, oh, well, you know, there's only there's only so much like regressing into being your 17-year-old self that you can actually do without going mental. Yeah. So it's, it was nice to actually That was kind something. of, the one we brought out was one, uh, it's called One More Thing To Do and it's literally like, I was just, the message on the perfect day, I was sat there and I was making a soup, which I don't usually do, but hmm. I was like, oh, do, I need something to do, I'm so bored. Like I'd exhausted all kind of activities that get me through the day usually. And, you know, I don't know if you feel the same, but even things that I love doing more than anything in this context of how we are forced to do it, you know, in lockdown, <laughs> kind of, it puts like, there's always that little dampener in the back of your mind. And 
you can, I'm finding it hard to actually enjoy the things as much as I normally do just because of what I know is going on around me almost. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess for lockdown, I've just really tried to enjoy it for what it was. Yeah. Well, we'll never get this time again. No. I think I kind of needed a break. You know, we like, there's, there's yeah. like a slightly guilty part of me that doesn't want it to end. No, <laughs> I, know ex- I know exactly what you mean. Like, <laughs> but I feel like a lot of people spend, well, I'm, I'm sure I'm guilty of this as well. You almost ask for this throughout the year like I wish I could just press pause on everything and just yeah. have a bit of time and I'm definitely sure I've said that to people before but now it's actually happened it's, yeah it's a bit different <laughs> yeah it's it's mad it's like um, just kind of regressed I'm like I'm like my 17 year old self like uh, making demos obviously I've been making a lo-fi bedroom pop album like yeah, yeah. we want everyone else on the planet right now doing that and, and playing through every single Halo game again so it's been pretty good how did you find writing this song, like being given something and, and sort of writing, not not to a brief, but to like, you know, like you're writing to the sort of idea of the project? It was only the second time I've ever like done it. So the other one was for like a, like a dance track. Nice. Weirdly, which I found that one harder to do because I've only ever written for Marsicans. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm kind of hyper aware of what I perceive Marsicans to be. Yeah. So that when yep. you're writing, you kind of, you know, you're not restrained in any way, but you're all, you've always got in the back of your mind kind of what's appropriate for Marsicans or for your band. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, of course. That so. kind of framework in your head. Yeah. But, so bad at that I'm so bad at that I have to write I have to do like a big scatter shot thing and then narrow it down I'm too like I don't have the attention span to do it. the thing that I kind of grabbed onto the most was it had I had no expectations of it so mm. that was really freeing in a way and yeah. I still kind of wrote it in my style and you know I did kind of how I would approach songwriting uh, yeah up to it but it was quite nice thinking that it had no identity, really. It could just get mm. released as anyone and no one would know. And yeah, I did. I quite enjoyed that freedom to it. Yeah, well, that's quite nice. But I didn't really, like, I mean, again, I kind of, I think, I'm quite glad that, I think I kind of agree with what you're saying, like the, the freedom part of it. I think I was quite glad that I actually didn't really have any information on it. It was yeah, just yeah. like, couple of messages and then I got the stems I mean I, you, I didn't have a choice I don't know if maybe I came to the party a bit late but <laughs> I just got stems for one track but I, like it was it was really nice to open it up and be like no this is actually really cool I'm really into this yeah that was just really really quickly cool. yeah yeah yeah, it was cool. It's, it's, I mean, again, it's something. It's not really something you normally do, and I'm kind of the world's worst for being like doesn't play well with others. <laughs> like, yeah. with music, well, but when when it but, happens, you're like, this is actually really really good, and you kind of don't know. I need, I need to I need to learn the benefits. So like, yeah, I'm I'm trying to help myself a bit more, but like when you've both got so much, when you've got so much going on in your own world, and you know, like you guys released your album, I think. Yeah, it came out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it came out just as everything locked down, which was really good. But yeah, that? it came out in March. It was the second album came out in March. How's that kind of been releasing that during this time? Fine. I mean, again, like I just kind of it was good to have it out there. It was kind of a long time coming. Um, and to be honest, I think given the way it was released, it's kind of meant that it's released at the sort of perfect time for everyone to actually sit down and really get into it. Yeah, and delve in. You know, yeah, and I think it's one of those albums that you kind of need to do that for it to work. Like, I mean, it was it was an album that we sort of wanted to work from cover to cover as like a, a solid yeah, sort of piece. As a body. Yeah, it's kind of what yeah. we... Because ours is coming out in August 
And we moved Let's... it to May just because of certain problems we had. You can imagine yeah. what we're based around, which I don't have to say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so it's like we've been releasing singles throughout this time, but I don't know, it's, it's kind of weird because you want people to care, but then you're kind of aware of how much everyone's got on the plate at the moment. Mm-hmm. You feel almost guilty cramming music into people's like phones going, listen to this, listen to this. Yeah, there is an element of that, especially when it's kind of like, well, people, um, you know, I feel listen to this, but, uh, you know, try, try and avoid the sort of global pandemic while you're, while yeah. you're up. Yeah, you, where, where it stands right now, I think as far as we're concerned, like we've got some gigs booked for like October and stuff. Things are changing quite fast at the moment still. I think we'll make that call maybe, you know, in the time coming. I don't know when we'll have to make that call, but I'm sure we'll just have to see what situation the world's in and go from there, but. Yeah. We're not holding our breath, but, you know, fingers are crossed. Yeah. I think at the moment it's just hard to, it's hard to see how things are going to happen, I guess, really. I guess there's a whole, is it going to open up? And also, like, I kind of wonder if, like, the public are going to be really, I don't know. I don't, yeah, they're seem- not going to be, like, jumping at the opportunity, are they, really? Yeah, to get back in the room with loads of people, it's going to be strange. With how summer goes, that might impact it, because the longer it goes on, attitudes are going to change, but I just hope it doesn't kind of all crumble into obscurity. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, there's also the fact that it's like, where are we going to play when when we can again? It's kind of 90% of venues. Which is terrible, man. Looking at the list of all the venues that kind of, you know, were backing up the letter, played at so many of them, and you just kind of think, without those, they are so vital to all bands and not even just bands like music fans and people who just go to gigs without knowing who's playing and it's such a big part of the community that you don't know what you've got till it's gone like people take yeah, music venues so for granted music just happens and people don't know but you know i'm sure if you took music away from everyone they'd notice you know what i mean no, absolutely yeah we're kind of lucky in the uk i suppose i think people do we do kind of take it for granted everyone tours through the uk yeah all- there's just always like you know every night you look at the listings and there's probably like two or three gigs at least you probably want to go to oh man yeah especially so you guys are based in Glasgow right yeah yeah like similar to Leeds on the front that like I love Glasgow there's all whenever you go it's just there's always so much stuff going on yeah yeah and I think we're quite lucky especially these two cities we're from so Leeds and Glasgow like you say there's going to be at least five six upwards gigs a night How's the Brudnell doing? Have you heard anything about that? I mean, um, that'd be a, I think, a tragedy if that venue shut. Oh man, yeah, I know. So they're part of, they're a big voice in the whole uh, music venue trust campaign and there's other places like Aporto that like yeah. we're really fond of and, you know, they're all backing it and we're doing what we can. Like I bought some merch from them. If everyone chips in and does their bit then hopefully they'll make it through. But I think everyone's in a similar boat, really. I went past the Brudnell the other day and there was a pizza slice fan out front. Oh, Okay. A little bit of normality, but I don't, yeah, they're not opening inside at the moment, but I'm not sure how they're going to do it, you know, when all the restrictions are ease and stuff. But yeah, these little venues can open the bars up and everything, but they make the money through gigs. And that, yeah, that's true. So yeah. many gigs. Like, there was something that Brudenell posted earlier on saying, like, in the past year or year and a half, they've had like a thousand gigs or something mad. They do like two gigs most nights of the week and, you know, such a big part of the business. But yeah, no, it's a great venue. What's your favourite place to play in Glasgow? Uh, we've done St. Luke's is that the church I think yeah it's the big church yeah we did broadcast for the tenement trail which was good fun nice all I remember is our guitarist Ollie like when we were going on stage hit himself in his head with his guitar and he was just bleeding <laughs> throughout the whole set <laughs> oh, he hit his head with his guitar I thought he yeah like the low ceiling because 
I think I've probably hit my head off that ceiling quite a few times. It is a very low ceiling, but I think he was ducking to put his guitar on because of the low ceiling. So we can blame the ceiling, I guess. But yeah, like it was on his headstock, and I think like where the strings are, it caught him in his eye, and it just like <laughs> bleed. Oh. So, like the whole set, it was just like yeah, pouring blood from his eyebrow. But that could, I guess, it depends on what kind of music you're playing. But that that could potentially add to the set. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think it adds to our kind of music, but no, we, we rolled, no. we rolled with it. <laughs> yeah, man, Glasgow's good. It's like, well, I think Glasgow before the pandemic, there was like a sort of insane amount of good venues and, and lots of there's, there's a good thing with Glasgow there's obviously good big venues but there's loads and loads and loads of really good kind of small venues for bands starting out so our first of- gig we did in Glasgow was um it's called the old hairdressers yeah that's a great venue yeah like just upstairs no stage I think I'm pretty sure I brought the PA and I'm not sure but <laughs> it just like it was just basically a room that when we got there it's like alright now let's make this a gig and it was so good. I remember the atmosphere in there was class. I remember when we just started, we we arranged a little Scotland tour for ourselves. And that was the first, like, that was the first Glasgow gig that we played that was like, yeah, we're a real band now kind of thing. And it was, you know, just very, very early on. But no, there's always, there's always good stuff there. I'd be really, really sad if that place shut. I think what you just said then is exactly why it's so important, because it gives bands that little taste of what you want to be doing and when you play those gigs and you might only play to your mum and dad or whatever when you're starting out but yeah. you feel like Paul McCartney yeah or whoever but well it's important I just think it, and it's like it's those kind of venues and those kind of gigs because I'm a producer I mean that's kind of my day job when you when you work with bands you work with new bands it usually does take them like a year to like figure them do you know what I mean you need to oh, figure definitely. yourself out. venues like that allow allow bands to kind of do that while sort of building up a fan base and they can like figure out what songs are working and, and just how to do it and it's like if that goes then it's going to be no first sort of rung in the ladder kind of thing yeah I'm about to say you're literally just pulling all that opportunity away and I remember, yeah. I remember when we did, we first played at the cockpit which is already shut down now but yeah that was an incredible venue and we played our first gig there when we were not as maskins as we are now but in the first band I was in yeah and I think we were 15 16 and I think yeah. 80% of the set were covers you know what I mean like no it was just one of those gigs where no one really cared it was just loads of people from our school going and having yeah. a good time but you know that was so important for us as a band to have that opportunity and learn so much about playing live absolutely saying that with a lockdown and in general with the way technology is I mean it's like kind of couldn't have happened at a better time and with regards to music I mean I suppose quite a lot of people have got like home setups I mean I guess this whole project just wouldn't have been able to happen if it wasn't for the fact that we've all probably got like we home setups for recording stuff yeah, is that how you guys did it? Yeah, yeah. So I've got um, I've got quite lucky because I basically be, just before lockdown, I borrowed a laptop from a friend. Mm-hmm. I didn't have one, and then I, I live with our sound engineer. So oh, amazing! Yeah. He had an interface and microphones, and I've I've never had the opportunity to record music at home before. It's always just if I've been writing, it's been acoustic guitar or a keyboard, piano, like, and then voice memoing it on my phone until yeah. we the room together. So yeah. it has been really nice being able to actually just write songs fully and you know expand on ideas. And I've I've really tried to like you say your producer daytime. Like I'm really trying to learn all that stuff at the moment and very basic mind but yeah, yeah really fun. I mean well I'm kind of the opposite I'm, I'm sort of that Kathy Gatch album that just came out I probably did about 90% of it 
in the room that I'm in right now. It's kind of yeah. so I'd I'd actually really love to do. I think we've actually been speaking about it as a band recently. Like we're going to do it the way you do it. Like I'm just going to write the songs in a very basic way and then do it when we're together. All right. We've kind of done it the other way around now. Really nice to do it in the more sort of traditional band yeah. in a room sense kind of thing. It's an enormously powerful thing to get into. And me and my pal were talking about the other day. Is like we seem to be like the only country not bothering. Yeah, our cultural kind of export being something we're apparently really proud of, you know? We boast about our music scenes and our kind of... All the time, yeah. But then don't stand by it. <laughs> yeah, it seems pretty crazy. So I'm wondering, depending on what happens, whether they step in or not, and whether all of these venues do survive or not, you wonder, like, to what extent recorded music is going to maybe step into the limelight for a little bit. And certainly with the kind of, like, abundance, a lot of people have... You know, like, I mean, a laptop with, like, I don't know, you can get, like, a cracked version of, like, Fruity Loops or something like that. You wonder? I wonder. I mean, what's how... I mean, my thing right now for my own... There was, a, you know, there's a few bands I'm producing and we're, like, trying to figure out when we can get back at the studios. There's a few studios kind of, like, tentatively, like, opening up with, like... I think singing is the main kind of... Um well, singing's a dangerous activity right now, isn't it? So I think that's the reason why a lot of places are shut still. Yeah, I suppose they've got this big thing with like uh, <laughs> the pop shields have to be used for one person and then washed and all that. And then the actual studio rooms are being like divided up and measured and everything. So it's going to be strange. I hope, I mean, I hope like we've been quite lucky in Scotland. The virus hasn't seemed to hit us quite as bad. Well, and, I mean, you've done more <laughs> controlling. It's not, I don't think it's Yeah, enough. it's also that. It's, I think, I think all well, the necklace Sturgeon's done a pretty good job of that stuff so I mean who knows how long it's going to last here or so hopefully the restrictions aren't too crazy here we're going to try around when the album comes out in August we're going to try and get together and do like a live some form of not live stream as you know we've come to know it as in your phone in your living room not that kind of thing but Mm. we're going to try and get into the studio and record it properly and currently discussing ways of how we can do it in a socially distanced way but there's so many hurdles man like it's so much little so many little things to work out before you can actually do anything. Yeah, it's a difficult one. And I think I think a lot of the appeal for live music is like the actual, you're physically there, you're like, it's quite hard to do the sort of live stream thing well, I think, because yeah. it's hard, to, you, you know, you like, you need like the volume, you need the lights, you need, the, you need to have people around you to get the whole... I think you've nailed it. Did you watch any yeah. of the Glastonbury coverage that we? Oh no, <laughs> been like my head has just been in the sand. But um, I watched so much of it, and I spent like most of the time watching just crowd reaction because it was so lovely to see just people having the time of their lives watching yeah. artists that they love. And like we say, I don't know how gigs are going to come back, but to me, like that is a gig isn't a band going and playing live. A gig is the atmosphere in the room whilst that happens. Like that's. That's what you do yeah. for. You could stand and play songs to no one, or even if it's a thousand people all stood still with showing no reaction. Yeah. If you've got five people absolutely losing the stuff down the front, like it's that atmosphere and that kind of enjoyment that you do it for. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like bringing people together, I think that's so. One of the things, well, I think one of the good things about all this is that it's going to make people realise like the importance of community and the importance of just human contact like you, you don't really we go about our lives so much and we never really stop and think and realize that total basic human need 
just real yeah. human contact and, and I think for me that's the real tragedy of like not having live music like that total like coming together of people and, and bands and like the sort of the way like you say in the Glastonbury it's like the audience and the band like totally feed back off each other yeah, and it just takes it to this other level Okay, quick fire round. Are you ready? Yes. Books no. or films? It's quite a hard one because it depends what it is. I, I, I enjoy a good book and I enjoy a good film. I'd agree. I'd say, you know, for me, I'm not into fiction books. There, I said it. Your greatest achievement as a band? Playing in Canada because that was just surreal, you know? You go nice. from playing in your local suburbs and then you're on a different continent, so... Nice. Where did you play in Canada? Uh, Canadian Music Week, and we played. We had a couple of shows in Toronto. Ah, uh, nice. What is your biggest pet hate? Um, people asking me to do live stream gigs. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I felt that one. <laughs> Fave venue to play in the world? Broodnell Social Club, Leeds. Broodnell, so that was uh, that's that's one and that's up there for us as well, and that's a great venue. What is? Yeah, have you got a karaoke song? The last song I did at karaoke, I thought I was being really funny, um, was in March, and it was in New York. Oh, back in the days. Yeah, and and everything was about to lock down, and we had to leave early and stuff like that. We had to change our flights home and come back early. Yeah. Uh, all the gigs and stuff were, you know, everything was going mental, and I thought it'd be really funny to do It's the End of the World as we know it. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, who is your hero? I'm going to go Paul McCartney. Mentioned him already, but he's my songwriting idol and all-round legend. Nice. I always say yes to... I always say yes to uh, going to sleep. I always say no to... Going to theme parks. What's your favourite classic album of all time? Oh, I'm going to go Hunky Dory, David Bowie. Yeah, that's one of my top Bowie albums as well. I go between that and a couple of the other ones, but... Just great. The songwriting on it is just superb, and it's not that his other albums aren't, but there's just something about the album that just seems quite almost innocent. Yeah, knowing knowing where he goes as David Bowie. What's your biggest fear? Spiders, I think. Well, lovely to chat to you, Chris, man. Yeah, man. Nice to chat to you too. It's been good. Enjoy your halo. And oh yeah, thanks very much. Record <laughs> another album and complete another Halo. That's all, that's all I require for me for the day. Yeah, nice. I'm uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well, and I'll see you if you come up to Glasgow eventually. Yeah, likewise, if you find yourself around these parts. You know Excellent. Where. Sweet. See you in a bit, man. Sweet, cool. See you, man. Bye. Bye. They weren't particularly like you know the amazing shows, but to us they were just because we were out there and it's like, I don't know, we really felt like, wow, look at us out here. <laughs> we came yeah. on a plane to get here. Going to see parts. I, I really don't like heights and I get really scared on roller coasters. <laughs> oh, shit. But um, okay. my girlfriend always tries to get me to go to Alton Towers, but I always say, I'll go and hold your bag, but if that's not going to be enough, you got to someone else. I love the way he does a wee head movement when he's doing like a particularly sweet, oh, you know, kind of yeah, we say to say kind of <laughs> purses his lips. Nightmare when I was a kid that I was in bed and loads ran over me. And uh-huh. ever, ever since that, I've been petrified of spiders. I could do a whole new podcast on my fear of uh, spiders if that's required.
Would you like with tenement? I think tenement TV would like that. We could get into that sort of thing. This makes the next question easy. Morning or evening? <laughs> Do you know what? Do you know what? It, it, up until three weeks ago, it was evening. But the thing about lockdown is I've managed to fix my sleeping pattern. It used wow. to be so bad. It used to be awful. I used to stay up all night and sleep most of the day. But now I get, I honestly go to bed at like half 11 and get up at half seven. It's mental. I've never done that. One thing I've found with them is I can't remember how to play our songs or remember the words. And it's, it's I get to it because like we're not rehearsing or I'm not, you know, I'm not listening to the old songs. So I find myself mid live stream like, oh, all right, I'll do this song then. Shit. I, I can't remember it. 